0: Coming up, we've got day one at the Dome Science Experiments in Florida and the All-Star Schedule. Let's go. It's Friday, December 2nd. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We're off and running inside the Dome in St. Louis with the first of two prelim nights, Plead. On Thursday, it was all Bobby Pierce in the late model feature. He started on the pole at 25 lapper and was never really challenged out front. Uh, he grabbed $5,000 for the win and a locked-in spot to Saturday night's $30,000 to win feature. Second finishing, Ryan Unzicker and 3rd man Tanner English are also in the big show. English really continues to look strong in these early outings with his new Viper Motorsports team. I know they're going to run full-time with the Outlaws next year, but they've been good here these first uh, couple of times out together. And names like Ricky Thornton Jr., Shannon Babb, and Brandon Shepard will all have to come through the qualifiers on Saturday after finishing outside that top three. As expected, the field was a real big 65 cars signed in last night. In the ongoing story about Brandon Shepard and his chassis choice going forward, his B5 machine was missing any sort of Rocket branding last night. The initial design concept that we shared had Rocket on the rear spoiler, but thanks to an email from Nick pointing it out, we saw last night that this space on the spoiler where Rocket was originally is now occupied by one of Shepard's other sponsors, Dennis G. Woodworth, attorney. Uh, I heard that Bishop had talked about Longhorn in a live stream somewhere. If somebody has a link to that, feel free to share it with me and we'll talk about that as well. In last night's Modified meet- uh, feature, Drake Trotman bagged the win over Tyler Peterson and Micah Ledford with the help of a front row starting position. Today for the Gateway Dirt Nationals, they'll do it all over again just with a different group of drivers. Three more will lock into Saturday's feature and then everyone else will have to race their way in on Saturday. The field for tonight includes Scott Bloomquist, defending winner Tyler Carpenter. Tyler Herb is in his first appearance inside the Dome. NASCAR driver Carson Hosevar, he actually skipped out on the Snowball Derby to instead come run a dirt late model at the Dome. Also, Devin Moran and Hudson O'Neill are in the field as well. Doors open again at 2 p.m. local with on-track action set for 3 p.m. And then the schedule is basically the same for Saturday as well. If you are not headed to the Dome, you can watch it live all weekend long over on Flow Racing. In open practice last night at Alltech for the XR Super Series, Ashton Winger led the way. Uh, They ended up doing kind of a bunch of different sessions, but overall Winger was the fastest car as they had 20 cars officially taking part. This final 2022 weekend for XR begins uh, for real tonight, though, with a 20,000 win show and then closes out Saturday with 40,000 win. I think we should probably be somewhere around the mid-20s for car count. Names like Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton, Tim McCready, Matt Shepard, Shane Plant, Kyle Bronson, and more in attendance. Shepard was actually third quick last night, uh, and I'm curious to see what he can get done this weekend with that big frog team. Obviously, this is his first late model appearance, and I think he said something like a decade. Uh, So curious to see what he can do. There are a bunch of uh, southeastern regional guys there as well, including names like Clay Nye, Jensen Ford, and both Hunt the Front cars are there. We talked yesterday about Brandon Overton driving this weekend for Kevin Rumley, and thanks to a couple of videos posted to the XR channels, we got a little bit more of this story. According to Kevin Rumley, they're using this as a Longhorn chassis development program. They had actually Overton in the car during a test session back at Charlotte in November. I believe that was a week or so in advance of World Finals and they're going to continue using it as a test bed going forward. Kyle Larson's still Kevin Rumley's driver for the six machine, and Overton is still the Wells driver, Uh, but this is an opportunity to continue making advancements for Longhorn and all of their customers. It was interesting to hear Rumley say that he hadn't really worked with Overton before, even though they've known each other a really long time. I'm always curious how much information gets shared among some of these big teams uh, and the chassis manufacturer. You you know, you think about Longhorn, you've got Overton in the Wells, you've got McCready in the Paylor car. You've got Davenport with Double L, and obviously Rumley's got his own car with Larson. Uh, But maybe things aren't as tight as I thought they were, uh, you know, if somebody like Rumley hadn't actually worked with Overton before. Both of these race nights will be live over on XR Plus if you cannot get to all tech this weekend. And if you want to kill about eight minutes today, the World of Outlaws put out a really cool video following Sprint Car Race Director Mike Hess for a night at World Finals. Several years ago, I actually recorded all of the driver radio communications for a night or a couple of nights. We actually ended up cutting them into an episode of the Open Red podcast. And this is kind of like that, but in video form. Uh, Tony Laporta has been running around all season, making some interesting video content for World Racing Group, for the Outlaws. And he did a really nice job with this one. If you want to check it out, I'll have a link to the video below in this description. And I'll link to that past episode of Open Red as well, if you are curious. And as promised, the All-Star Circuit of Champions released their 2023 schedule yesterday. 50 races from February 3rd through September 23rd. As has been usual, the season will start in February down south with several non-points races before the season begins in earnest in April at Attica. Uh, those That opening stretch, non-points, uh, you, you'll kind of see some teams will come race uh, the, that early part of the schedule, but you won't really get all of the full-timers until that first Attica race, because that first Attica race is actually the first points race. Uh, they'll open the season with two nights at Sonoya Raceway in Georgia, then, then go to Volusia for two nights, that's Dirk Car Nationals. And then they'll close that February run with two nights at East Bay. They'll then get like basically a little bit more than a month off, something like a month off and then race again. There are definitely a few changes along the way, and the season will now end at Eldora during the Four Crown weekend instead of in October at Fremont. Ohio Sprint Speed Week looks a little bit different as well. Attica kicks it off on June 9th, followed by Fremont, two nights at Wayne County, Sharon, Atomic, Eldora, and then Portsmouth. And I know there's questions now about what's happening Waynesfield. Just like the Outlaw schedule, the reaction to this one is mixed, but that's nothing new. Of the 50 races, 21 pay 10,000 to win or more, uh, 15 are 6,000 to win, 2 are 7,000 to win, 11 are 8,000 to win, and 1 is 8,500 to win. Those two nights at Eldora leading into the King's Royal weekend are not part of the Outlaw schedule, and they aren't part of this All Star schedule either. I thought maybe they'd be included here. Uh, but with them not being on the schedule, I'm guessing now we're looking at unsanctioned races for th- those two nights. We're you know still waiting on what exactly that's going to be and what it's going to pay and all that type of stuff. But with no outlaw sanction, no all-star sanction, guessing these are, these are unsanctioned. And with both the all-star schedule and the outlaw schedule out, we'll now wait on the high limit races. And I think high limit was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with the all-star and outlaw schedule before they put theirs out. So hopefully we'll have uh, some resolution there soon. We're also going to wait and see which drivers go what directions. I do know one thing here, though. If I'm a car owner who is interested in a touring series, I'm waiting to see what happens with the top outlaw drivers before I make a decision. If there is indeed actual unrest at the top and some of these teams follow through with some of the things that have kind of been insinuated in comments, various places, different interviews, if I was somebody else, I'd be ready to pounce on this outlaw deal. No spring California swing lowers the barrier to entry. And the heavy hitters gone from the top would mean a lot of opportunity. That means less drivers to share bonus and tow money with, more wins available throughout the season, and obviously that points fund at season's end as well is going to be a lot more uh, a lot more gettable with some of these guys if they indeed do leave, if they follow through on some of this stuff. Uh, so let the fun begin. We'll see how this all plays out. Uh, it's a decent weekend across the streaming services for it being so late in the year. You've got racing from Toowoomba and uh, Perth down under on Clay DuraVision has 360 sprint cars and crate late models from Volusia this weekend. Uh, Flow Racing has the Dome the next two nights, and the XR Super Series is over on XR Plus, uh, among some other things. Uh, To see the full daily streaming schedule through the weekend, head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good weekend. I appreciate everyone who continues to support the show in all of the various ways that you do so, whether you are a subscriber to the channel, a watcher, a channel member, uh, whether you support things that are happening over at dirttracker.com if you've bought merch. I appreciate all of it. We'll see you guys back here on Monday.